Okay, so you have a small business that you need to market, but you're not a marketer. So now what? Where do you start and what are you even supposed to do? Well, meet Engie. Engie is marketing software that simplifies marketing for small business owners. You can plan, organize, and get your marketing out the door and in front of your next customers fast. The best news? Engie is turning one on May 8th, so you can make marketing way more manageable for yourself for only $19 a month for your first year with the code BDAY. But don't wait. This offer ends on May 31st. Pretty Okay Podcast. Today is my first day back from vacation, and I couldn't think of a better way to kick it off uh, this week than recording an episode with one of my favorite humans, Taylor Holman. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to kick off your (laughs) post-vacation podcasting. I'm so stoked. Um, I'm really excited about our episode topic today. I think I mentioned in the last mini-sode last week, I was like, it's going to be a little taboo, a little, but it's a good one. I think it's very going to be really valuable for people. But before we get into that, can you just kind of introduce yourself a bit and tell everybody what it is you do? Absolutely. So my name is Taylor Holman, and I am a marketing consultant. I have been self-employed now for about four and a half years, which is totally insane. (laughs) Um, I still pinch myself that I'm having to hustle for every dollar that hits my bank account because I wanted to be a community college professor, which is, I did. That's what I went and got my master's for was I just wanted to teach sociology for like the rest of my life. Oh my gosh. You know, route. Yep, yep. <laughs> the other way. Yeah. Um, and so I actually ended up getting tapped into the wedding industry. Uh, actually, by your, I met your wedding florist first. Oh. So Tam Ashworth of Isri Flower Studio is the reason why, you know, my life took the turn that it did. And now I'm marketing for <laughs> wedding industry professionals and businesses. Crazy. So, and then in addition to that, I wear lots of hats, like I think a lot of entrepreneurs do. Yes. And I also have a company called Source Co. that I co-founded with three other amazing ladies that are former and still quasi-practicing wedding industry professionals. Yeah. Um, and that company does styled stock photography and styling blocks. And we are actually getting ready to launch stock video. I saw in just that. That's so cool. In just a few cool. days. So after this, I'll be furiously going home and doing all of my release prep yeah. to get that all ready. Dude, that's so exciting, though, because, like, I love what you guys are doing at Sourced because <laughs> I think everybody knows that stock photography is terrible. But, like, what you guys have done is made it beautiful and elevated and, like, actually usable yeah. for the wedding industry. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. It was seeing terrible stock photos in <laughs> all of these feeds for years was really one of the things that made me want to do something like yeah. that. So I was like, can we just stop with the shitty stock photos, please, and, like, use something that builds your brand and doesn't stick out like a sore thumb? So. Yeah. Question, how many letter boards do you use in your flat lays? Letter boards? What's a letter board? Like the, the little black board that all the Instagram Oh, zero. 
zero. I was like, I don't even know what that is. That means it's a shitty prop. So it don't does. use it don't if you're creating guys, please. Just please. <laughs> well, I'm really excited about the topic because we're going to talk about how to quit a shitty job and start a better one. And I know that like I've experienced this before right before I had Rocky. Um, and I know obviously you have too because we've, we've talked about it. That's why I'm here. <laughs> um, so I figured you would be a good person to chat this out with because we both kind of did the same thing, which is we had a shitty job that wasn't always shitty, but turned shitty. <laughs> and then what we did was we each pivoted into our own thing. So I think that, <laughs> I mean, we won't name names, obviously yes all of these people places and things shall remain anonymous to protect them the uh disclaimer at the beginning of law and order svu this is all fictional it's just based on fictional events it's not real guys nope never happened (laughs) yeah no hypothetically if we worked for shitty companies yes (laughs) here's what happened um so you had kind of mapped out like three ways to identify that your job is a shitty job. And I think that's a good place to start because some people might be listening to this and be like, well, I don't really like my day job, but I don't know if I can qualify it as shitty. But when you know, you know. It's like in your gut where you're just like, I don't want to be here anymore. Like, not because I don't like it, not because it's like not fun, but like there's something wrong. There's something off. Yeah. And you know, I have, I'm a huge advocate for therapy, so I'll just Hell open yeah, things too. up with, I have been working through a lot of things in therapy sessions for years. And so I think it's important to, for, at least it was for me, to recognize my role mm-hmm. in what made the job shitty, because it's not always other people's fault. Right. So, and really, you don't have much control over changing the way other people are behaving or trying to change a whole organizational structure, right. which is like the fight that I always thought I was going to win. <laughs> so that's why I like to approach that's this. You're my, you're my people. I know. I'm like, you guys, there's a fight to be had. Let's go do it. Let's storm the wall. Um, so I think it's really important to look at how you can figure out that, hey, this is not the base, the best place for me. Yeah. Because you're the only one who's empowered to make any sort of change in your life. Right. So one of the first things that I think people need to inspect is whether or not the sandbox that they're playing in might be too small. Yeah. And I think this is especially pertinent to people like us who we really are creative out-of-the-box thinkers. Yes. And when you work for another company where you're not the end-all be-all decision maker Mm -hmm. and having to play in a defined space that for me became extremely frustrating yeah because i'm like you guys there's a there's a a more creative way to do this there's a more efficient way to do this there's a more impactful way to do this and continually i just kept hearing no right we can't do that it's a great idea but next yeah and So that's one of the ways that a job can be shitty for you is if you end up feeling stifled. Yeah. Well, and I think for a lot of people, too, it kind of creeps up in a way where it's like at first it feels like you're the big fish in a small pond and you're like, cool, I'm like the best at what I do here in this small sandbox. But you're only going to stay that size. You're never going to grow. You're never going to expand. And 
it's true. You're kind of always at the mercy of somebody else when it comes to making decisions and making, you know, these changes, which if not everybody wants to go into their job and rework everything, right? We're just talking about people who like, this is something that's important to you, to your core values is finding the best way to do things and creating new opportunities. And if you're not allowed to do that, it's probably time to go. Absolutely. And that kind of relates to just the glass ceiling, right? Like if the sandbox is too small and you don't have the opportunity to put some of your great ideas into practice, then you will hit a point where there's no longer room for you to grow. Like literally you've done everything you can do. And so like, it's time to get out and find the next opportunity that has a different sandbox to play in or a bigger sandbox to play in so that you can actually continue to stretch yourself. Because if you're sitting at your desk, like, you know, if you're sitting at your desk, just like bombarded out of my fucking mind. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. So I feel like for me, one of the issues that I had before I left my, my last corporate gig was because it was a small, the leadership team was small, right? And you're kind of like me where, how do I say this without sounding like an asshole? You can- We're both, I mean, I constantly, <laughs> the ladies at Source Co. all know this. I'm like constantly saying, I'm trying to not be an asshole. I swear I'm not an <laughs> asshole, but I'm going to say it because this is the no bullshit. Like, this is what I'm thinking right now. Yeah. But I'm really nice deep down inside. Yeah. Same, same. Not scary, I promise. Um, but like. You and I are both good at a lot of different things. And when people find out that you're good at multiple areas of the business, I feel like they start to take advantage of that a little bit because they don't want to go out and pay for another person to do, you know, all the content creation or pay for another person. Like, so like, I remember my last gig, like I, you know, I was making a shit ton of money and my technical title was CFO, but I'm also doing like content marketing and like all this stuff that while I enjoy, it wasn't my job. And it was stuff on my plate that was making it so I couldn't be the best that I wanted to be at what I was actually there for, which at the time was finance. And you know me, I'm a numbers nerd. It's still my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. But it's it's hard to grow when you're getting thrown kind of all these random responsibilities just because you can. Yeah. Yeah. Just because you can doesn't mean that you should. Right. That's another hard yes. reality check that I've learned over yes. the years. Um Yeah. And I mean, when you are a business owner, that's, I think, the only time and place where you should do, you know, a lot of things that you are capable of doing before you the business grows to a place where you can start outsourcing it. But if you are doing that for somebody else, 100 percent, they're taking advantage of you. Yes. And that is I mean, I could stand up on a soapbox and like scream at people about this is right. that, you know, just because they don't know how to or maybe they won't. Um, they just refuse yeah. to invest the type of money that they need to to put the right people in the right seats on the bus. Like that's not your responsibility to fill it for them because it's not your company. Right. And that's a hard conversation for people to have, too, to be like to their boss, like, that's that's not my job, you know, but it is it's something you're either going to have to say up front or you're going to have to use kind of a catalyst to get out of there because it will fester and it will just like you'll internalize it. And then one day you're going to blow. Yep. You're going to be so they're going to ask you to do one task and you're going to be like, fuck all of this. <laughs> yep. 
pretty maybe much. Maybe not in that exact, like, dramatic scene. In your mind, in your that's mind. what's happening. You yeah. might be still quietly sitting at your desk, but yeah. you've exploded yes. in your head. So that, the whole sandbox and just making sure that your, your growth should be your number one priority. 100%. You're not responsible for keeping your company afloat. No. Nope. If it's not your company, it's not your problem. Correct. Oh, my God. That was, like... <laughs> I'm not even kidding you. My therapist, she, no joke, that was one of the big things that we worked through was realizing that certain things that I was working on were, in fact, not my business. And so she made me, like, go through the grieving process of you have to accept this and move through it because it's not yours. You don't own it. So all of the things that you had dreamt of in the future, you need to let that die. <laughs> and then you can move on. My therapist like is great. Therapist. Oh, I love my therapist. She wears like hippie printed pants and she sits cross-legged on her chair That's and she's amazing. just the best. So. Mine looks exactly like Nurse Jackie. Did you ever watch that show? <laughs> I know what like you're talking Katie about. She looks exactly like her and I don't know if this is too much information for a podcast, but her name is Jackie. (laughs) So, like, to Dr. Jackie and Dr. Corey. I I have this thing where, like, when I don't see her and I just think about her, I see Edie Falco in my head, but then when I see her, I'm like, oh no, you're a real person. Yep. Sorry, that was a tangent I just needed to tell you about. So good, so good. Um, Okay, so another way that we had kind of talked about knowing when it's time to bounce was when the company goes through a major transition and people lose their shit. Yep. People don't like change. Nope. Some people do not handle change well. And that becomes very evident whenever a company goes through any kind of transition, whether that's like being, you know, acquired or going through an IPO, anything like that. Like, you really kind of see people's colors, true colors come out. 100%. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes that transition doesn't even have to be one that flips the business on its head. Yeah. Like, just a new. Uh, a new addition to the leadership team is a huge, I mean, it's like, it could just be one person joining the leadership team, but it can have the biggest impact on the business. And yes, people do not like transition. And when it comes to work environments, people start like projecting all of their insecurities and like just all, all of that kind of stuff on People who can be the overperformers, mm-hmm. and so that was another lesson that I had to learn is that um, you, this sounds braggadocious, but I'm an overperformer. Same. So you know that just it goes back to people will take advantage of yeah. us being able to wear lots of hats and yes. be very competent at a lot of things. And so when people start projecting their own mm-hmm. like fucked up shit yes. <laughs> on you. Then you become the scapegoat. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the types of situations where I've been scapegoated have been just mind boggling where I had people, people started micromanaging me, which that's a surefire way to really crush someone who's very productive is to micromanage them. But I think most people don't like being micromanaged and don't appreciate it. Um, But then just like. I don't know. I saw corporate environments just totally dissolve into chaotic, like childlike spaces where the people that I had had great working relationships with over the past, you know, like year and a half, they just totally 
did a 180 and all of a sudden it was this very toxic environment. Right. So if you find yourself in that kind of situation, I think it's important to immediately start figuring out an exit plan because, you know, like it doesn't get better. better, It doesn't get better because especially if a company is getting acquired, Mm -hmm. the next step is like the exodus of people who are voluntarily leaving and then people who are forced out. And so it's very likely that you are going to need to go through transition yourself. So you might as well get ahead of it. (laughs) So it doesn't blindside you. Um, But yeah, I mean, it, it just is kind of insane. The kind of things that people will do. To yeah. each other. No, I know. We, um, when I was working at that same company as the CFO, the it was owned by brothers, right? Two brothers who were like maybe a year and a half apart, like Irish twins or whatever. Oh, yep. And they were very close. And like one of them was the CEO, one of them was the COO. And the CEO one was always talking to me about how he wanted me to take his brother's position because I was better at stuff than his brother was. And his brother was better over here working on sales and whatever. And like he needed to redirect his talents. And the guy was smart. Like the CEO, like I agreed with him, you know, it was like kind of the wrong, his brother was in the wrong role, but Mm -hmm. he was in that role because he owned, he was a brother and he owned the company. And so in turn, he got really just like, pissy bitchy with me and it was the same thing like would try to micromanage me and just try to like almost regain some of what he felt like the control power grabs yes and it's that's just no way to work it was like as soon as that started happening i knew like okay this is not gonna last forever i gotta go yeah and people who aren't even in positions of power can try to power grab yes and that's where you get like these really catty passive aggressive sorts of work relationships yeah um so i mean you if you find if you're listening to this and you find yourself currently in a situation like that, I mean, you might need to just make a really hard decision and leave. Yeah. You know, if you're in hopefully you've got that three month reserve of money to pay your bills <laughs> so that if you needed to actually balance that day, you you could or, you know, yeah, give a couple weeks or 30 days notice and then have an end date. But those kinds of situations eventually will just they continue to toxify and mm-hmm. it's not until years have passed that a situation like that actually starts to temper right because it just takes so much for a company to pick up the pieces and like ha- let the dust settle yeah well and i've seen it too kind of go both ways cuz like you know i have been in both positions where i've been in the company that's going through the transition and then i've been the person that has come into the company like with glitter guide and brought the transition and you know when i like because i started i was consulting with taylor and her main thing was like i need systems it's been like six years because this was two years ago i think five or six years she's like i need organization you know i've got a remote team working all across the country and so i came in and started implementing these systems and you would just see one by one the girls kind of trickling off because they don't like they don't like being asked to log their hours. They don't like having to use Asana to document their tasks and stuff. Like, there's people who, when you kind of shake up their world and they suddenly don't have their little comfort zone, mm-hmm. you know, of like, well, wait, what do you mean you're going to be paying attention to what I'm doing? Yeah. Like, those people are always the first people, I feel like, to bounce. And those are the ones who try to do the power grabs because they feel like they've lost control. And so they're like, oh, okay, well, now I've got to, you know, find some way to regain that. And I think that that's, 
if you're also surrounded by that and those people aren't leaving, but instead are using that to kind of fuck with you instead, it's time to go. Yeah. Yeah. It's so fun. It's so fun. I mean, I the one thing that I realized after I made my most recent pivot is, well, actually, even in the last few months, like I have one client that's not in the wedding industry and it's it's there's they're technically a startup, but because they have about 10 employees, but they're like a corporate feeling startup. And I got, had a reminder of like, okay, Taylor, I'm pointing at myself. <laughs> you don't fit, you straight up don't fit in in the corporate world. Mm-hmm. And people who do are going to end up not liking you. Yeah. And that's okay. That's totally fine. Yes. Like, I get it. Comprendo. <laughs> um, but that leads me into like the next point is sometimes you really need to figure out whether. You are not a culture fit. Yes. For the business. Yes. And that's becoming such a trendy, like, buzzword in the workplace now because, like, I talked to my mom and her company about culture fit, which is, like, my mom's a controller for, like, a 30-year-old construction company. They're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, yeah. Culture fit? Huh? What? What is that? Oh, do you do numbers? Yes, yeah. you're hired. I remember, like, when I went, after I quit that last job, I was... Before I decided to start my consulting thing, I did go on, like, one other interview. And my first tip-off should have been that I walked in and they had a framed picture of every fucking Republican president Ooh, on the wall. yep. Should have been my first clue to turn around Bounce. and walk out. Bounce. But they were offering a lot of money, so I thought I'd stick on the interview. <laughs> and so he asked me, like, do you have any questions? And I was like, yeah, what's the culture like? Like, what do you guys, you know, how's the team? Whatever. And he just kind of looked at me and was like, we come here and we do our work and we leave. Yeah. Oh, okay. Thank you. I get it. So there definitely are those companies who haven't kind of embraced that culture mentality, but it's also easy. That's an easy one to kind of see if you're a fit for or not. And you might have been when you started, Mm -hmm. but as you grow and you expand that sandbox, you know, like, or other people get folded in and change the culture. Like nothing is forever. Right. And that's something that you know, there are just certain things about reality, especially when you fucking love what you do, Yeah, that you don't see shifting around you. And so, and culture shift doesn't happen overnight. No. It's, it's you gradual know. It's gradual and it's, it's sneaky. It's totally sneaky. And so you can wake up a year and a half later and realize, oh, fuck, like, this is a really shitty job for me now. Yeah. I'm miserable. And I don't know how that happened. Right. So. You know, you you really have to be very confident about knowing, okay, well, these are the things that I need emotionally to feel fulfilled in the work that I'm doing. And sometimes, I mean, for me, I mean, I'm cool just like sitting in my corner doing my job, <laughs> like leave me alone yeah. type person. But I know that I need some affirmation from leadership that I'm doing a good job. And, you know, you can get that for years of working at a company and then a different leadership rolls in and then all of a sudden, like, you fucking suck at what you do. And that makes you sit there and go, oh, "Oh, do I suck at what I do? (laughs) So, but rather than questioning your talent, look at it and ask yourself, 
okay, has something significant, or even if it isn't significant, has something changed about what they consider to be successful or productive or just how people fit in? Like who have the new hires been and what are their personalities like? And all of a sudden you can find yourself as the outlier. Right. And you never, and whereas at one point you were like the shit. Exactly. Yeah. And it, it sucks because it's like it almost feels like a breakup because you're like, wait, we were so good together before and and now we're not. We've grown now apart. And then you go to Dr. Corey and you talk about the dysfunctional <laughs> relationship that you're in and how to get out of it. Yes. And no joke, you talk about it like it's a boyfriend or a spouse. Yeah, well, it is. I mean, like when you're working at a company for someone else, like that's your livelihood. First of all, it's you depend on it. There is a lack of control as to compared to when you own the company yourself. So it's like, it's not like you're walking on eggshells, but you're still careful because mm-hmm. you don't want to get fired. Nobody wants to get fired. No. Um, I know, like, the day I discovered I wasn't a culture fit for the last company I was at was, because it was a marketing company, and they did websites, and that they were still going to do that, but they also decided it was time to capitalize on the Trump um, What's the word? Hysteria. Oh, great. Let's just stoke fear. And yeah, so they decided it would be a really good moneymaker to start importing cheap Trump bobbleheads and shit from China and selling them on Amazon here. And I was like, that has nothing to do with what we were doing, with what I signed on for. I don't want any part of this. Mm -hmm. So I for me, I find that the culture fit is usually kind of the last checkbox you know like once you've gone through and you're like oh i'm not growing anymore like oh it's the the team is different because there's been this shift but then once you get to that point where you're like i just don't fit here anymore i think that's kind of the final push you need to get out the door yeah and that by no means means that you failed no right like you know i think uh, i know i think i'm very fortunate to be surrounded by women who take extreme amounts of ownership Mm -hmm. over the work that they do and so it's hard for any of us Mm -hmm. to go like oh i'm the problem right and even you know we're talking about us being the problem as being like we're not a culture fit anymore but to a certain degree it feels like a failure to no longer fit in yeah and then there's that whole emotional like that whole emotional experience of like nobody likes me yes um but you know what you know what men don't have that no they don't think about it that way they don't give a shit they just think like you know what now i'm too good for this company i gotta go find something better yep and as much as i you know hate the patriarchy i appreciate that mindset yeah no no it's you're not the victim here like you this is your opportunity and all the stars are aligning for you to get up and move on and find something better. Yep. Whether that's starting your own thing or going to a new job. Mm-hmm. Um I will say as your your friendly HR professional, don't quit your job till you have a new one if that's the route you're going to go, like if you are just going to go get a new job at a new company. So don't do what I did. <laughs> well, no, but you started your own thing. Well, I did quit one corp the corporate job that I left before starting my own thing straight up had many conversations with my husband 
because I didn't have anything lined up and I didn't know what the fuck I wanted to do next. But you weren't going to go to another company. I remember no. we were talking. You were, had plans to stay consulting and doing. This was even before that. Was it really? This was before we met. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I had no nothing lined up. Um, and so that is a position of privilege that I had yeah. to be able to leave without having anything lined up. Um, but that was then I ended up taking an unpaid internship with Race Case. Oh, fun. And Ray, Julie is the person that connected me to Tam. Oh. So within a few months, like, the world decided, like, hey, we're going to put some cool things in yeah. Taylor's path and see what she does with them. So, you know, sometimes you need to take – I I'm not an HR professional, <laughs> so I'm completely contradicting what Sam is telling you to do and being responsible with your life. But – Every once in a while, you have to grab life by the balls and just say, like, this is so fucked up for me. I need some space to figure it out. And hopefully you, like I said before, have, you know, saved a little bit of money so you can pay your bills and, like, figure it out. Give yourself, like, a solid timeline to play and explore. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, I think that sometimes you need to just jump ship. Yeah. (laughs) Well, so if somebody's stuck in a shitty day job, right, but they don't necessarily have the resources to launch their own thing or they haven't uh, found that new job yet and they still need to pay bills like say they decide I'm going to quit this job you know what I'm fed up I'm done I'm going to go start my own thing whether that be consulting or starting a company from scratch like what kind of advice would you give them on how they can start laying the foundation oh that's deep (laughs) how do you how do you do that without throwing a major monkey wrench into your own life basically yeah um i think that while you are still employed you know you can spend your creative energy nights and weekends really doing some soul searching and research Mm -hmm. i mean like it's a combination of the two like you need to find something that you have genuine interest in Mm -hmm. i don't think you need to be passionate about it yet i think that people can become very passionate about what they do over time if you like have been set up for success and and a few other things but so start by just figuring out okay well this is like the broad strokes what might make me happy or where I might find challenge because it's not always about finding quote-unquote happiness Mm -hmm. but I think that talking with anyone and everyone that you can you know have a conversation with to learn about the you know, maybe it's a new industry that you're wanting to get into, get into, maybe you need to learn some new skills. So you need to have like real no bullshit conversations with people about what it takes to make a pivot mm-hmm. instead of just thinking that everything is like unicorns and rainbows and that <laughs> it's, it's all just going to like magically fall in <laughs> your lap. Um, so if you have the the time to invest in that research or, you know, go off and take a couple courses, whether they're online courses or just like, you know, shorter workshops so that you can start to gather those tangible skills that you would need to start something, uh, either start something or pivot into a new job. I think that that's that's part of what can set you up for success in a time of transition, right? So you can kind of control for some of the chaos that comes with leaving a job or starting a new one by putting a few pieces in place. I like that. And I think, too, I like what you said about that you should really just be talking about it a lot, too, because 
in my past experience, that opens a lot of doors. Hundred percent, yeah. You know, and it's like, I mean, when I was consulting, I had a fully booked consulting schedule, and it all started from like one person asking me if I could help them, and I was like, oh yeah, sure, I can do that. Yeah, I wasn't even planning on starting like business consulting, and then it just kind of snowballed, I guess, from there because people talk about it, and it's like oh, well, you know what? Sam said she was doing this or Sam said she can help with that kind of stuff. So you kind of plant the seed in the back of people's minds like, hey, here's what I'm doing. So then if they hear of an opportunity, they'll relay it back to you. Yeah. I mean, like when I started my consulting business, I mean, I didn't even have plans to start one. Yeah. I feel like Um, that's how kind of all consulting businesses start. (laughs) Like I started working with Tam and then I was doing a good job at it. And then everyone around her was like, hey, why are you getting published so much? And hey, why does your Instagram grid look so good? Um, And so, but it is really important to let people know, even if you haven't taken that first step yet, let them know what your intentions are. Like your trusted inner circle, but then also anyone that opportunistically might be able to make a connection to someone who's going to like really help you follow through. Right. If you keep it all inside your head, I mean, I'm not like a super woo-woo hippie, but (laughs) I do think that you need to man like do something to manifest it yeah you can't just be in your head all the time no um so you i 100 percent agree that you need to like start talking about it not with your coworkers at work no not with your coworkers. (laughs) fine print there yes um yeah and i think i talked about this in like kind of the finance episode too and you're paying off debt the more you talk about things to people the more it kind of lights a fire under your ass yeah it's like there's accountability to it all of a sudden So if you've been talking to people like, hey, I'm really, I'm going to start my own thing. I'm still working this job, but like I'm laying this foundation to do this. Like you're putting it out there into the universe. Yes, you're manifesting it. But also like people are going to check up on like, they're going to be like, hey, how's that going? You know? And you'll be embarrassed to go, I haven't haven't done done anything. anything. Yeah. Don't know. Don't be that person. Do something. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Take life by the balls and just do something about it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But and to like Taylor said, if you can save up that three months, um, because that's always really helpful. Yeah. And I mean, maybe you don't need to draw on it. Maybe some of that becomes like your seed money for the new thing. Right. To get it off the ground. You know, (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I try. I try. I mean, I try to do all the things that. um I don't know. I'm a very responsible person. I've always yeah. been that kid. Yes. Yeah, like that never got in trouble and always got straight A's same. and like had all their ducks in a row. Yeah. Every once in a while, I don't have all my ducks in a row and I just quit my job when everything <laughs> lined up. But I mean, you, those are other things that, again, like if you're choosing to put yourself into a time of transition, there are things that you can do to lessen the chaos. Yes. And if you can create, a space around you where not freaking the fuck out and other people aren't getting in your head all the time then you're really set up for success or more success than you would be if you just all of a sudden one day started it yeah right yeah and I think too that you know I am and you are a planner yes and so if you get this idea in your head that like okay you know what this job I can feel it it's not it's not going to be for me much longer like start mapping out what you need, like a timeline. What do you need to do? How much do you need to save each month? How much like progress do you need to make on your side project? 
before you feel comfortable getting up and walking away from kind of that solid gig. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's things that you can take into account with that, too. If you do work for a company that you're where you're an, uh, an employee, you're going to get some kind of your vacation hours. There's things like that. Your sick pay that you can count that towards that money. Yeah. So there's things like that that you kind of want to map out first before you do anything. Before you quit, there are a few things I would say to keep in mind, just as, again, your friendly HR <laughs> professional. <laughs> um, so I would say don't be surprised if they don't want two weeks because I've seen that happen a Especially lot. Especially if you're in a sales position. Mm-hmm. But that was the – I was an account manager, and I saw the people who were inside sales when they resigned, it was like, okay, pack up your shit and get the fuck out. Yeah. Because they don't want you stealing company secrets. So, right. yeah, you might not even have two weeks if that's what you want to give them. Yeah. So I wouldn't factor in that two weeks into yeah. your plan. I would, the day you tell them, I would count that as like your start date for having a new gig because it's there's a very good chance that might happen. Mm-hmm. But they'll just be like, okay, cool. Today's your last day. Then that's fine. Go yep. ahead and get out. So quit on the first of a month so you get health insurance yes. for the rest of the month. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Always. Um, and, you know, I, I feel like this should... <laughs> Should be common sense, but clean up, you know, the office computer, the laptop, whatever kind of company property you have. Like, you just don't want them to have any leverage on you because when people quit, there are a lot of bosses who take it personally. I've seen that. And it's like, and that those two are a lot of the ones who are like, all right, fine, get out. Mm-hmm. And so if you have anything, like, you don't want them to have any kind of ammunition on you um, because when you're quitting, you want to do it as gracefully as possible you don't want to burn any bridges like you want to stay professional and i think that's you know some people get so caught up in like the whole like i'm fucking out of here you know and it's like it's hard not to i trust me i've been there oh yeah i wanted to (laughs) fucking throw a molotov cocktail into somewhere that i that i've quit so but there no none were thrown that's good i'm glad i'm very glad (laughs) um but i think that you know, the more professional you can be in kind of the entire process, the better that's going to set you up. Because you, if you quit in like this fire fury kind of thing, you're going to leave with that mentality too. You're going to be kind of trapped in this like feeling of upset, I guess is the, is yeah. the way to say it. And you want to be in the right mindset when you start this new chapter. Yeah. You want to feel lighter when yes. you walk out the door, yes. not like, you're leaving with, I mean, if you if you do burn the bridge, there's a possibility that you walk out and a few weeks later you you regret what you did. Right. Right. And then you're that's gonna hang on for a while. Yeah. And, you know, even if you really 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 want to burn the bridge, your personal reputation is the thing that you need to protect and maintain. And yes. so if you even if you don't want to go back to the corporate world or anything in that same industry, um, people call references, yes. right? Like, I mean, yes. our li- our entire lives are on the internet somewhere. So right. even if you aren't putting someone as a reference, there's always the possibility that a representative from that previous organization is going to be contacted and asked about you. Yes. And so if you go out guns blazing you have just really done some damage and I hope you have a really strong PR professional on <laughs> on call to help you work through that mess. Yeah, no, it's true. A lot of um, people during the hiring process, like the HR 
gal or whoever is running it, they won't even call the references that like you pick out. You're like, here's the three people I want Because those are loaded, right? Yeah, exactly. They're loaded. They'll go to your last two gigs and call the main number and be like, hey, I want to verify the employment of so-and-so. Also, what was it like working with them? It So I would just always count on that, that they're going to talk to the last person you worked for. So you want to leave a good impression and a good memory. So when you're bailing out the door because, you know, you're not having any more growth, you know, the, the culture isn't a good fit anymore. You don't need to say those things. No. You don't need to insult them on your way out the door. It's you can say as little as possible. Honestly, yeah. you don't have to say too much. You can just say, I'm, I resign. Yep. I'm putting in my notice. Um, and I think that's probably the best way to do it so you don't burn those bridges. Yeah. The one other thing that I wanted to add about what you should do before you leave, and um, this is something that I've had multiple conversations with people about. Because, you know, you can kind of, I think most people can get a sense of when they might be starting to walk down that path where they need to change. Yeah. And if you are in a role where there is something for you to personally gain out of it, then I think in that list of things that you're putting together Mm -hmm. on that timeline, it's like, okay, well, I want to accomplish X, Y, and Z, mm-hmm. because I know that I can leverage that experience, those skills, that portfolio piece, or whatever it might be. Right. Once I am no longer with the company. Yes. So you know it is kind of selfish to do that, but I think that if you like, I think we all need to be a little bit more selfish at yeah. certain times. And if there's something that you can garner from that job before you get the fuck out (laughs) then you should yeah well and that kind of helps too with the whole leaving gracefully because if you leave them high and dry in the middle of a project like eh, they're not going to be feeling super great about you with that so i mean i think if it's not something that's like immediate and like you can't spend one more day there like finish out the responsibilities that you have like the big deadlines or whatever that you're committed to for them and for yourself yep. because you're right you can leverage it depending on how what your company kind of has as ownership rights and all that stuff yeah you may or may not be able to get it as an example um i mean but just being able to if you work in like a really traditional place where you can't ever like you know everything you do is the the property of the company yeah. you can at least say like i was a part of completing a project of this scope yes right and so exactly. if you can talk about things like that to completion you know, that's going to help you in the interview process in the future or just pitching clients that, you know, you potentially have to book if you've gone out on your own is like, here are concrete examples of what I've been able to accomplish on, you know, these different scales. And, um, you know, that's something that if you leave, then you, if you can't talk about how you completed this really rad project, then you might as well just have never touched it. Right. And it's, I mean, I have a friend who she was working for a big company. She went on maternity leave. And then like, right before she came back, they were like, Hey, we're not going to have you come back because they're like downsizing or whatever. But she was a project manager and she had created all these beautiful campaigns and they would not let her near them at the end of it. So she didn't get that opportunity to kind of not I'm not saying like steal the stuff from the company, like but just to collect like the evidence of what she did. Yes. Like get, you know, some timelines like it took me this long to this long to complete this project. Here was the scope. Here's what we did. You once you kind of start mapping out your your exit strategy, that's the kind of stuff that you want to get 
written down. You yeah. want to have on the back burner because there is that opportunity and that chance that your boss might be like, well, fuck you, get yep. out. Give me your you computer know? and like yeah. turn around. Yeah. So it's, you know, my favorite thing to say. Always cover your ass. Yes, always cover your ass. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. And, I mean, if you're someone that uh, just straight up doesn't fit into the corporate world, yeah, you know, yeah. hey, that's me, Welcome. Samantha. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to, to the club. <laughs> <laughs> All of us will have so much fun in hell together. Oh, but it's going to be way more fun there. <laughs> so much fun. And oh, way my more God. Organized. Yes. Oh, my God. So organized. <laughs> Beyond belief to an obnoxious degree. <laughs> Sorry, not sorry. Oh, oh, I love it. Um, well, Taylor, thank you for sharing your insight on that. Do you have anything else you want to add to that? I any mean, nuggets of wisdom for everybody uh, listening. That if you really are unhappy, or even if you're just like starting to feel like you're unhappy, don't wait until you're in a like a hot mess of a situation i've done that erroneously (laughs) i stayed some places a lot longer than i should have Mm -hmm. like a year and a half longer than i should have when my parents called or when i called my parents and they were like you need to get the fuck out of there and i was like no but it's so much to do um i think i've had that exact same conversation oh my gosh yeah so sometimes you just need to drop your ego i think that's the mistake that i made once or twice (laughs) is you know just like feeling too much like i still had more to get out of it and so there is a certain point where i can look back and be like okay well i had already gotten what i thought i still needed to do right and i was just too wrapped up in it all so don't stay longer than you need to Mm -hmm. because in the end you really don't own that company nope. and the only the only person place or thing that deserves that kind of energy from you is something that validates you someone or something that validates you sets you up for long-term success like supports your growth and you know that might just be you right yeah. like so don't don't give everything to other people who don't appreciate it yeah and if you find yourself kind of stuck in that same pattern of doing it, it's probably time to start your own thing. Yeah. Because and go to therapy to yes. figure out how to recognize when you put yourself Highly in that loop. I recommend therapy. I go once a week. I mean, it's like. My I'm on the monthly favorite. maintenance plan. <laughs> okay. So, Taylor, where can people find you? Um, you can find me at on Instagram, of course, at Tailored Designs, and that's T A Y L R D underscore Designs. That's my personal little spot on the internet. But you can also find me as a part of the ladies at Sourced Co. at Sourced Co. No, Sourced underscore Co. <laughs> I, a lot of handles. Yeah, to remember, I have I mean. too many things on my plate, but they're all beautiful things with beautiful <laughs> people. So I can't complain. But yeah, so I would love to keep in touch with everyone. I mean, I hope that anyone listening has no idea the places that I was talking about. <laughs> my husband will really appreciate me Same. not spilling the beans <laughs> about certain particulars. But um, yeah, I mean, having community around you to talk through when you're beating your head up against the wall is super important and I didn't always feel like I had that and so if anyone out there is like oh my god I don't know if I'm 
in that spot and you just need to chat 100% I always chat and I will probably tell you to get the fuck out and I can vouch for Taylor she's very good at chatting things out with I I recommend her 10 out of 10 Uh. 10 stars (laughs) okay well thank you Thank you so much for having me. This is the best. I would like to do this every day. Do you want to be my new host, though? Um, 100%. Okay, cool. You don't, you like, secretly, I was hoping that you would ask me that at some point. I'm proposing right now. Oh, yes! (laughs) (laughs) Wow, we're dorky. We should do a podcast. Yes. All right, guys. Um, I'll have the show notes and everything up on prettyokpodcast.com, and then I'll be over on instagram as always at pretty okay podcast and i will be back next week with a little mini so but thank you taylor thank you this was awesome all right you guys have a good week bye